I believe it's week 13 of the quarantine podcast. When do we stop calling it the quarantine podcast and we just move on to like a, maybe we just come up with a different name. Uh, I don't know. I do. When there's a vaccine, I know. I, <laughs> <laughs> I do think so. If we're doing like smart business wise, I'm telling you, we we've hit a sweet spot of some sort. I don't know if it's the Sunday night recording and people like it for their Monday morning. But the numbers are fantastic, so we thank all of our listeners. Uh, people really are, uh, seem to be enjoying this. It has become a really fun routine, in a way. Just something to look forward to on a Sunday for us. No doubt. Just to change up the routine a little bit. Um, kind of had to negotiate with the two-year-old to make sure he went to bed to come over here in due time, and, and he cooperated. Good so for him. All good. Uh, tonight's um, Cyclone Fanatic Quarantine Podcast, um, we are... This is super rare. I mean, unless you've been there, this is nothing you can buy in the state of Iowa. Uh, the Ozark Distillery Bourbon Whiskey. Uh, this is distilled in Osage Beach, Missouri. It's there funny. You, uh, you were actually with me when I yeah. bought this bottle a couple of years Three ago. Three summers ago? Now. Yeah. It's a, it's a four-year aged in American oak. It's good. It's not great. It's good. Um, I'm actually going back to, to Osage Beach in July. I'll swing back by. I bet they've got some six-year now. It's probably Because it was newer yeah. when we drove by. We played nine holes. Man, you remember that moonshine? Yeah. Holy yeah, man. We that was a fun trip. Yeah, we are did. You, are you nervous with the... Are you going to go to the swim-up bars or the... the you know, I don't the, know. I feel like... The communal gatherings. That I feel they, like there's just Rona everywhere. Well... <laughs> It, there were some stories that came out that it, so, there was some Rona down there during Memorial Day, but maybe not the extent of Rona that, that it was anticipated. Listen. There are uh, a lot of case studies of I'll, crowds I know to come from it, the last two weeks. I'm probably everything that's wrong, but I, I'll go to any restaurant. Like I Now, I think that we'll be with my parents who are in their 60s, so we probably will do most of our dining at the yeah. condo and right. all that stuff. But like, let's say that you and me and our wives were going, like, I'd be like, yeah, I'll go to a bar. Like I, I'm kind of rona it out. And, and how arrogant is that? That Americans um, are just like, ah, this uh, pandemic, uh, we we're tired of it. Yeah. Probably a little bit arrogant, but also it makes sense. I went to my first, I had lunch with a coworker on Wednesday, um, at a patio in Ankeny and had a draft beer. Yeah. Um, I did that. I had my first meal out on Friday too. It was weird. It's funny you said that. It was like really weird that um, you're not only. It just felt like, whoa, what is this whole restaurant thing? And should it was kind of nice. Should we start taking pictures of the bottle? And I, that's. I don't. I don't remember it being this good three years ago. Your palate has evolved a it lot was, too. It, this is very good. We'll start doing that. I think that the the listeners will like yeah. to, to see that. Uh, okay, real quick. So the Williams and Bloom um, quarantine podcast is not sponsored. With all the tens of thousands of listeners we have, nobody's sponsoring it yet because the Rona, there's nobody spending any advertising dollars. If you'd like to sponsor it, um, Chris M. Williams at CycloneFanatic.com. I'll give you a hell of a deal at this point. Probably more reasonable than you think. Yeah. And I guarantee we could sell your product. Um, so we're giving it to the, the Patreons, the patrons, the premium members of Cyclone Fanatic who literally bailed us out. It was like the government bailout, you know, like they did it to the banks. Did you, I was going to ask, I haven't asked you this. Did you think about applying for that, uh, small business, uh, PPP thing? We did. You did? Yeah. We had to. Did you get anything from it? I believe so. Yes, okay. the accountant took care oh, of, I didn't know. of I all that stuff. Yeah, that. but we got a little bit. See, the problem was a lot of that goes by zip code, and our our business zip code is Ankeny, which is one of the most fluent um, like zip yeah. codes in I, America. So, like, we had a hard time with. I that. just think it's fascinating. The uh, you know, there could be another one of those potentially, or what mm -hmm. what the stimulus is going to be. No, we did all that forward. stuff. Okay, I was yeah. making sure. I mean, you're on it. You're, oh, yeah. you're yeah. you guys are smart. Yeah, smart folks. Yeah, our our biggest deal is just looking ahead, and it's just like the. Well, you saw the athletic this week. What did they do this? You week? You see that? No, they cut eighty positions. That's not surprising. 
And that's so, just a start for them. I mean, they. This has been my point with them the whole time. Listen, I'm not Mr. Like Sports Business Guru, but I know enough about digital that it, I know how freaking hard it is. And what they were doing, so they were going around to all of these different writers and they were saying, what do you make right now? Yep. We'll pay you 20 to 40% more. Yep. And they're doing this while they're giving their product away for like half off. They didn't have the money to cover it. They were trying to accumulate subscribers and, and then, you know, eventually they had some private equity funding yeah. to front it, but it, eventually the dollars have to make sense. Correct. That's what happened with Cox in this. Uh, remember that land? Oh, the land. Yeah, the Big Ten. They were going around offering all this big money to these guys. I mean, we saw Bobby Lejes leave his job at the Ames Tribune. Yep. Um, you know, Sean Keeler worked there. Some um, we have a and lot. Doctorman of, worked yeah. there too. Yeah, Doctorman worked there. Yeah. So like. But but eventually you've got to have a business model to sustain it, and that was like with our deal in this Patreon thing. It's just like okay, we're probably good for the summer, but like, what happens if there's not a football season? Yeah. What happens if you know all hell breaks well, loose? And I, from what I've heard from people who I interact with occasionally, I think they've got um, some value from it. I I hope so. I, I, I think, think it, it's it, been a good product so I'd, far. You've provided some really good insight there, and then I think the the Zoom calls you have scheduled little little town halls um, are going Zoom, to be pretty pretty fascinating going forward. The Zoom call, the next one was supposed to be with Niang, but he's got the playoffs to prepare for now, so it's we'll, coming up. We'll yeah. probably have to delay Niang. Same with Naz. Yeah, I mean, Naz, Naz is got, kind of on the he's on the roster. He's right on now. the roster. Yeah, right. he's with the Pacers. So, anyways. Um, Today's episode is brought to you by, we want to give a shout out to Johnny and Kayla Choate. I was told it rhymes with boat, so Mm -hmm. I hope I don't want to mispronounce your name, Johnny and Kayla. Now, from what I've told, Johnny started rooting for the Cyclones way back in the day because his grandpa was an Iowa State fan. He graduated from Iowa State in 2011. All right. And he met Kayla in a statistics class. At Iowa State. Well, you don't want to pay attention, so that's a good thing to pay attention to. I took stats in the summer. True story here. And so if you take the summer classes, you'll often get like teachers, like the assistants <laughs> who teach them. Yeah. TA. And this one gal was a huge NASCAR fan. And like we can't, like she always looks like referencing NASCAR. So, you know, me, she's, we hit it off. And she once let me out of a test so I could go and interview Casey Kane for my internship with Murphy at the time. So you just played to the audience. Well, that's my stat. I took. Class I took. I didn't want to take stats at Iowa State, so I took brutal. mine at DMAC. Uh, good move. Uh, got that A out brutal. of DMAC. Brutal. So they had their wedding reception at the Iowa State Alumni Center. It's a beautiful location. It's a really nice place. And their entrance music was the Cyclone Weather Alert. One of the great, um, one of the great marketing things Iowa State has done over the years when is did, the siren. When did and, that? Because remember, you were really adamant about the atmosphere there they for a while. Me. That marketing staff hated. But my the guts weather, the weather alert was what twelve? They did it 13? when they got the big TV. Like when was that? Um, or not 11? the TV, but the, the big screen. Yeah, so that would have been eleven. It's when they, the first one, I think that was 11. So maybe it's, has the weather alert been almost a decade now? I don't know, but it's a great touch. It is a great touch. And the siren, in my opinion, like, I think Iowa State could even press that more. Agreed. I think it could be like, you know, when you watch like a Kansas State gamer and in the... Or even the, even, you know, the Vikings and the... Yeah. the yeah. I totally agree with you. I think, you, I think they should play it up. And because it's it's subtle and it's unique, yeah. Who the hell else is doing that? Not the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, Johnny, um, shout out to you, my man. He he said that he decided to become a patron because he's very reliant on our content. Thank he you, told Johnny. us that he he reads nearly every article, listens to all the podcasts, and follows us religiously on social media. So we thank Johnny and Kayla for their support. That's awesome. That's my favorite thing to hear from readers is that they rely on us for their cyclone information and i promise you we're not getting fat and happy with your um 
Patreon money and your premium money. We're actually, um, right now, we are uh, putting some of that into a new website. We're, you got to keep freshening these things up. We're going to be updating our, our forums to the, new, to the next model, basically. Which it's is been gonna, a couple of years, yeah. Right? Which is going to give us all. It's going to optimize everything, so it's all going to good stuff. We appreciate it. Thank you, Johnny and Kayla. As a reminder, you guys can become premium subscribers. You can check out all the incentives. You can get shout outs like this and inside information at CycloneFanatic.com. Uh, we've got a new insider piece that's coming tomorrow. We can give you the crib notes version here, though. Bloom as. Uh, it's going to be an active week on the basketball recruiting trail. We'll start with Justin Smith. I would be surprised if he doesn't make a decision before Wednesday. I was going to say that the uh, decision has to be made here soon. I mean, you start talking about enrolling, and I don't know what the exact drop dead date is, but um, yeah, I mean, I think between what there's, there's two potential targets right now, C-Dub, two spots. So some action definitely in the next seven days. Um, I, I sent out a little teaser to our premium members on Friday afternoon that it, I do believe it's going to be Iowa state or Arkansas for Justin Smith, the Indiana young man for us, for Justin Smith. Um, he's, he has narrowed it to five. I do have Intel. I think it'll be one of those two. I think it's about 50, 50. I can't tell you that I'm confident either way. Yeah, so Arkansas, if you haven't been keeping track, so their their head coach right now, he just got done with his first year, is Eric Musselman, who, former NBA coach, and then really built Nevada off of transfers. And he's got a monster class that sat out this year. Mm-hmm. They were getting better towards the end of the year. They got a couple new guys coming in. Um, there's thought Arkansas is a top 25 program preseason. So... If you're Smith, right, here's the decision. It's do you want to play, mm-hmm. potentially be a reserve on Arkansas? You know, you're probably the sixth or seventh guy for Arkansas, but a team that could be in the top 25. Um, similar styles than Iowa State. Or at Iowa State, he could come in, probably be in the top two or three in shots, attempted, minutes, all that. He'd be a, he'd be a more of a dude at Iowa State, but the postseason ramifications not quite as strong for the Cyclones. I mean, I think if you read the tea leaves based on, you know, what you hear, I think he was concerned with getting enough shots and minutes to be seen more as an NBA prospect. So I think that would help Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. I mean, it comes down to relationship and all that good stuff. But I would think from a pure logist, logic standpoint, I think Iowa State would be in a pretty good spot. I would think so too. I think it helps that, Iowa State recruited him out of high school. There's long-lasting relationships there. And he would come in and be a starter, and he would help, and he would help a lot. I mean, I, I think if you add him to this current team that, uh, I mean. You're probably on the better side of the bubble, in I, my opinion. I would agree. Here, so totally I, agree. I, I put this on the premium boards when it, when he you started talking about him. There are good athletes, and there are elite athletes, and – Justin's an elite athlete. I mean, this guy, this guy vertical jumped like 43 inches. I mean, he is an insane jumper. Yeah, he's could an use, elite. Could yeah. use some refinement as far as some of the skill-wise, you know, dribbling. Shooting was okay, not great. But I think if you're Steve Prohm, you say, hey, man, look at Abdul Nader, what I did for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's a pretty similar case study of mm-hmm. this, is, this is a guy who has the physical tools, hasn't quite had it refined yet, and... Prom did wonders for for Nader. I mean, it doesn't that I don't think people that, forget about Nader because yeah. he was kind of a you know a fringe starter there for two years, but um, now he's he's making nice paychecks in the NBA. I honestly don't think that Burton or Nader are probably NBA players without Prom, and only in the sense that I think Fred probably. Uh, I don't know if I. Prom disciplined them, <laughs> I guess is what I'm More saying. More so than they had been. Yes. Yeah. And um, Fred was less of a disciplinarian. And, uh, you know, and a lot of people like that about Fred. So it's, I don't necessarily. And, and that worked for some of the earlier guys, too. It didn't necessarily work for, like, Jamil McKay. Like, that was a guy who you kind of just needed to let him roll. You know, right. and Steve. You're saying Prom, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Steve tried to really 
you know, yep, rain in on him bit. and it didn't really didn't work. work. So, but I, I think that Burton and Nader needed that, needed that. Yep. got that and probably paid off for him. I think Smith is in the same caliber of athlete, just pure athleticism as both Burton and Nader. So, I mean, just think about that. This guy is, is an insane athlete. He still needs some little refinement, but would be a big plus. You know, and I just, I like, I like, Razier Bolton was only a sophomore last year. Like He's got room to grow. No I doubt. think Trey can be good. You've got George Condit. I mean, there's some pieces here that um, throw in the leadership of a Coleman Lands, and I mean, I think you're on the right side of the bubble if you get a Smith. We'll keep you guys updated at CycloneFanatic.com. Of course, if any news breaks, we'll have um, reaction podcasts and all that here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Um all right, let's move on from here. Uh, we are going to get to the story of the weekend, yep. and that is the Iowa football program. But I did, um, you know me, Bloom. I'm a junkie. <laughs> I did pick up my uh, couple of preseason football magazines that I'm I saw. They're still making those, man. I was worried. Well, I write for one of them, so. Um, <laughs> Not the pandemic might be the end. I think you guys should be strongly, you should go and pick up that Athlon <laughs> Just full disclosure, I've written for them for like 10 years, so I, I help with their Big 12 stuff. Um, I just thought we would go through these real quick yeah, and, I'm curious. and see where, I swear to God, um, I've not opened these. Remember the one time we did this on a podcast for basketball? Yep. And I think it was Fred's second year or third year. I don't remember. It, yeah, it, I totally know where you're going. And <laughs> It was that garbage USA Today it's one. A U, and they were ranked 10th, I believe, out of 10. Yeah. And we just lost we our... We skewered them. Yeah. Oh, and we were right. <laughs> we were right. They were wrong. Uh, okay. Uh, Athlon, because this is the premier uh, college football preview. Who's magazine. on the cover of that guy? Uh, I just picked up... Um, I'll get an get Iowa the State one in the one, mail. That, yeah. Well, they don't do the Big 12 one anymore. They don't do any regional ones? You know, it's print. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah You yeah, got to yeah. cut back. You're I right. think they still do a Big 10 and they do an SEC, but they they can the rest of the conferences. Um. They've got Iowa State fourth in the Big 12. Okay. Eight and four, six and three in the league. That's probably the uh, baseline, I would say. Who's th- who's uh, obviously Texas, Oklahoma? Who's third? They've got Texas third, Oklahoma State second. Oh. I'm going to have to do some reading on the Cowboys. People are seeming to be They're really high on high. them, yeah. yeah. I mean, they um, got, they've got uh, little Chuba's back. So is uh, Sanders, the quarterback. So, I mean, they've got some skill guys, but. They've got. Um, I, I always like one of my favorite parts of these preseason mag- the unit rankings. I like to dig into those. Iowa State. Um, it, this is shocking when you think of like where Iowa State football was five years ago. Yep, hit me. Uh, defensive line, linebacker, and defensive back. Number one across the board. No, in the whole conference. Yeah, swear to God. Oh my gosh. Would you be that high on the linebackers? Well, okay, we got Mike Rose. Okay, yeah, I'm high on him. I mean, he's 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 right there, first team. Yep, I, yep, all Big Twelve. Yep. Um, you're putting me on the spot. No, right I know. Here. I'm just trying to. Th- I mean, let me pull. I would. The, I number one seems high to me because I, mean, I, I know the, there's some question marks. I wrote the damn. Well, Ryan Vance yeah. had a great year. I like a Ryan Vance a lot. I mean, do they consider Hummel? Hummel solid. Mm. Yeah, Will McDonald as a linebacker. I mean, I, I just worry about some of the depth no, numbers I there. Put, you know, Pulver, Mocker. I put Will McDonald as uh, So I did the depth chart on okay. here, by the way. I'm just okay. just for our audience. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to so, think back. This was months ago right. when I put this thing together. It was in Things March. Things have changed. Um, yeah, I put McDonald as the backup defensive end. See, one of the, the, one of the problems with this is I've got to go by like a standard 4-3. Well, they don't yeah, run they that. Yeah, they don't run that. Right. So it gets... So take the depth chart with a grain of salt, Cyclone fans, when you read this. But I don't know. I mean, I guess I would have to go through and fight with the rest of the big Yeah, and, and I, I'm I, not knowledgeable. But that's great. I mean, I think how many starters back? It's 9 or 10 on the defensive side. I mean, it's pretty wild. Lowest position ranking for Iowa State is the offensive line. It's 7th in the league, which is fair. It's completely. Running backs four, wide receiver tight end four, which might be a little low in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, well, who's the who's the JUCO kid? Hutchinson, that yeah, He's really high freak. on. They love him. Yep. they Brent, they love him. Put him on the put him on love the love him. 
Um, they've Let's got Purdy and the quarterback second behind Ellinger, which is fair. Like, whatever. Flip yeah. a coin. I think that both of those guys are pretty good. Yeah. I'd probably take Purdy because I'm a homer. Yeah. Sam's going to get because he's got the burn orange on. I don't know, though. I still think that he is a guy who he's like a – I think both of those guys could win a Heisman. I, no, I don't don't go crazy, but I'm yeah. saying because they can run the ball, they can put, put up, up n- those numbers. type of numbers fair. is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's fair. I'm not telling you to go Sa- to the casino. If and- Sam – if if Ellinger has a good year, the hype behind Texas – I mean, we've been wanting Texas to be back in a national landscape for so long that he would get some push for there as well. Who's the quarterback at Oklahoma? Um, oh, it's the uh, is it it's the Houston kid, right? Did he go there? Am I making that up? Minute. Ward uh, Rattler. They got a freshman. I swear they got the. I uh, man, Stephen Rattler. Okay, fine. I just where'd that Houston kid transfer to? Oh, Ward. Yeah, he did go to Oklahoma. Did he go to Oklahoma? But they don't have him uh, as or a is, starter. No, no, he was uh, he was Miami. He went, he went to Miami. Miami. Oh. I don't know. He I went don't to know. the U. Whatever. It's right. times sure. of. I'm yeah, sure a lot somebody's is different. I'm sure somebody's going to correct us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, he's this Rattler kid, supposedly a freak. So we'll see. All right, that's uh, Athlon. Let's pull up Street and Smiths here. When does uh, our buddy uh, who's the old man, the old man in the game? Um, Phil Steele. Phil. He always releases like He's really a little later. Late. Okay. Yeah. And then he he talks bad about all the other magazines because, you know, <laughs> his is the superb because he waits the longest, which is fine. Like, I don't care. I, don't, I like it's, his magazine. It's not Ward. The, it's Derek King. Is the, the problem Houston. with the Phil Steele magazine, though, yeah. is it's so much garbage that I know. It's like from like five years ago, they ranked like third in, in rush 20, defense. Yeah. It's like I that doesn't do anything. Like. Don't don't brag about how many words you have when three fourths of them are just like filler. They're abbreviations, and yeah, it's just not. I want analysis. Yeah, the thing I like about what Athlon does, and obviously I'm pushing it because I work for them, but they hire guys like me that know the teams. Yeah, yeah. So like when you read these things, it's not some national. It's a guy who covers the team on a daily basis who's getting, like, actual inside information and putting them in there. So, there you go. There's my pitch. Uh, okay. Street and Smiths, I believe that's the same thing as Sporting News. I don't even know anymore what the consolidation yeah, yeah, yeah. is. But I think that they're yeah. the same thing now. Uh, Iowa State fourth in the Big 12 going to the Texas Bowl. Oklahoma one, Texas two, Oklahoma State three. Top 25 for each nationally, I would guess. I'm going to put you out of the work over there. It's been so long since I flipped through a magazine that's not the <laughs> Iowa Outdoors. That's the only magazine I ever... Uh, Iowa at 23. No Iowa State and Street and Smith. Okay, okay, Street and Smith. Wow, we know wow. where you're at, okay. Street and Smiths. Hold on. Now I'm flipping back I believe to... believe Athlon's top 20. Athlon is high on the clones. As they should be. We have a new editor, too, so not that that means anything to anybody else. But the other guy liked Iowa State, too. He's, he was a big Matt Campbell guy. Iowa State, 17. One spot behind yeah, Texas. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it'll be interesting is the AP coaches stuff usually comes out still another month, six weeks from now. But I would anticipate Iowa State will be there for the second year in a row. Um, but, yeah, that's less than three months away now, up. It's June 7th. The strangeness of this summer is going to be off the charts. Okay, let's move on. As if um, the spring and summer of 2020 couldn't get any more weird, so I'm going to pour me another glass of this Ozark Distillery bourbon. Would you like another yeah, pour? I'll take another. Uh, before we get into the Iowa the football program. Du jour, yeah. Man, these are stiff pours I'm... I'm being very liberal with the pores tonight. <laughs> uh, okay, so we talked about it on the show on Thursday and Friday. This James Dan- James Daniels tweets about the University it, of give Iowa. Me, give me the 
Because I was so, kind of not paying attention. Okay. I didn't. I didn't really know this was going to be a really big thing until about Friday night when the stuff hit yeah. the fan. In my perspective, but so, when did this happen? Well, so he basically came out on like Wednesday night. Who's a former Iowa offensive lineman now, now the, the Bears? Yeah, and he says, "Hey, like it'd be really." I'm I'm paraphrasing, but he's something like it'd be inspiring if all the guys came out and kneeled together. Okay. Because basically challenging the state of Iowa and that football program saying they need to, which, listen, we know this about us. It's a predominantly white state. Uh, I've had a lot of friends in the past who were athletes at Iowa State who constantly would tell me about that they were uncomfortable in a lot of situations. I, I think everybody should should acknowledge that. Absolutely. So, like, open your eyes and just listen. But then... Like Friday night, all this other stuff started pouring in on social media, and it kind of became like this movement. I don't necessarily know if it was against anybody, but it seemed like Chris Doyle, the strength and conditioning coach who has seen his fair share of headlines over the years, he has. was um, really at the epicenter of. Gets really interesting when Brian Ferentz is implicated in a lot of this stuff. Yep. Not a lot of, but some of. Some of it. Uh, Kirk Ferentz had a Zoom call on Sunday afternoon. Uh, I'm kind of, to be honest with you, I'd, I'd, I'd encourage you guys to listen to the radio. I mean, I'm sure we'll cover it all day on Monday on KXNO. Yeah, I think we're not going to do a whole podcast on the Iowa football program here, right? But I think that this adds to like the theme of this Sunday night podcast that we started. Just the we're in just uncharted territory here. This is my prediction from this um, that there's going that, that the Iowa football program will not be the only football program in a similar situation um, two weeks from now. I think this is a lot like we saw the Me Too movement yep. where all these women started raising their hands, and I, I think that we could see that throughout the sport of college, not not just college football, but sports in general. Yeah, and which doesn't just because somebody else did it too doesn't make it any. Correct. You know, less, no doubt, yeah. of a story. Thank you for, but I mean, that I think out. you're right. Um, Is we, you, but also, if you're first in a situation like that, it usually doesn't trend well for the person who's first or the program that's first. And here's the thing, and we know this about the Iowa football program is they are very much, and it has worked to their advantage, a you know culture above the individual yes. type of program. Which, look at a, what they've produced uh, because of that. I mean, they've turned all of these walk-ons, lightly recruited guys into NFL players and have had a really incredible run of success over 20 years. Chris Doyle gets a lot of credit for that. He does, and he's the nation's highest strength coach because of it. I mean, he's at the forefront of that. We also know, Chris, that they do not allow their players to post on social media and there are a lot of controls. I mean, the Iowa football program has always been one of control and that has worked for them because they've been able to have success with that. Now the issue has come to the forefront of sometimes that control gets interpreted in different ways. And here you are in this time of social unrest where that control has certainly been interpreted another way by former players. And it's not just disgruntled players. I mean, I think it'd be one thing if it was just disgruntled yeah, players who transferred. Yeah, no it's doubt. It's those that have gone on and had success at Iowa and also had success in the NFL that are chiming in and, you know, raising this to be a national story. And I think this thing, it's been a local-ish story, got picked up a little bit nationally over the weekend. You saw the this, senator. The senator from Connecticut was tweeting about it today. This is, this is be, about to yeah. jump off and be the starting point of a national conversation starting Monday. This is going to be an Iowa story. Now it's going to go national, and then you know Clemson's been wrapped up in a little bit. You saw the Florida State Florida players State get wrapped up in it. It's this conversation is going to happen, um, and. I was going to be on the forefront. Now, what does that mean for the immediate? I don't know. I mean, I don't think Chris Doyle. It's when these yeah. things usually happen, doesn't usually go well for people I, like that. I don't think Chris Doyle survives this. I would agree. He put out a statement on Sunday afternoon that really didn't read well. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, 
And then Ferentz is in a really difficult spot because you've got a couple things happening here. It's One, his football program. Doyle's been with him for 21 years. And so the argument is, well, yes. if, if, if this is happening under him, how much does the head coach know? And Kirk is a traditionalist. He is, you know, a self-professed traditionalist. And they still run a pro style offense for guys. And man, I just he's I think he's in this in the PR in the PR battle. It's it's an interesting one. I just I don't know how this will go. Let me give you my first thought when all this went down. And I I was bouncing this off some friends who are Iowa fans, and I, I just wanted to see like you know how this registered with everybody else. And the first thing I thought of was Rabdo. Yeah. And how Kirk Ferentz not only like went to bat for Doyle, but he doubled and tripled down. Like by he named him the assistant <laughs> yeah, coach give of the him, year, give him that award, and then you know, believe he got a raise, all that stuff. And like, think back to if you're old enough, think back to the Rabdo story and how controversial that was, and the fact that Doyle survived that really was fascinating, incredible. Um. And my point being that the of everybody on that Iowa coaching staff with the, that isn't related to Kirk Ferentz, which there's there's a couple, couple there. Yep. Um, I don't pair anybody with Kirk more so than Chris Doyle. So I think it makes it super interesting in the sense that like these. They're loyalists to one another. Yep. Um, and I don't know, man. Like, it, it, it's complicated. I think Doyle is going to take the fall for this. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Brian Ferentz. Yep. I would be surprised at this point if Kirk Ferentz isn't the head coach at Iowa next year. But I, I'm with you. I mean, mounting pressure. We saw the vandalism of the – Niall Kinnick Trophy in Kinnick Stadium on Saturday night. It's just like, if more stories keep coming out, what do these protesters do? And if this, and then it's going to catch on this week nationally. I, I'm so I'm fascinated too, just by because you know if you if you followed Ferentz and he's you know by all means a pretty trustworthy guy. We think. I mean, we don't know him personally that well, but I I do wonder. Uh, and I and I don't know the answer to this, but man, like you, that that shows how strong of a culture they had. Yes, if all this stuff was going on for this amount of time and yep. it never and got to the head coach, yep. that or he's lying about it. So, uh, right? Yeah, and, I, and then I would like to know to compare that to like the rest of college football. Like, how rampant is this type of behavior? And, and I would guess, like, the fact that there's just not that uh, – Kirk Ferentz is the – what, he's the most tenured coach in college football, right? Um, If he's not, he's top five. Gary Patterson's okay, right there. Okay, but I you mean, see yeah, my point. Yeah, there's just not as many. He might be the most now. Anyway, yeah, top like, five. I'm trying to think of, like, where else, like, are these stories going to come from? But, man, like, this is decades' worth of stuff here. Well, and it's a generational conversation as well. Absolutely. When you just yeah. – that is part of this. Um, and I think it's also part of the growth, hopefully, for this country is these conversations, as uncom- uncomfortable they are, I mean, hopefully you, f- you reflect a little bit and grow. But Kirk Ferentz is an a- admitted old-school type coach. And, you know, we had the Bobby Knight conversation. What was that now, Chris, 15 years ago, about how you can't coach like that anymore. Well, there's certain segments of this. Um, you can't do it the same way you did 20 years ago. And I think that's, that's coming to light. I mean, the whole control part of the program, the no social media. I mean, I think that they already said yesterday that they're gonna have to eliminate that policy. I mean, they came out today that the Iowa football program had a no hoodies, no earrings, um, something else in the football facility. You couldn't have no hats was the other one. So stuff like that. It's, you know, again, old school control. We're all, I mean, Iowa has done the whole locked arms things forever since Hayden Fry. To the swarm. I mean, there's some of the stuff that was can seen as tradition and a good thing now could be perceived, depending on where you're where, where you're coming from here, as a negative, as if well, I'm not allowed to be myself. And I, 
I understand that, but I think people are going to have to have conversations as a program, as coaches, as players, of how we're going to address this going forward. Because, Chris, I think this national conversation started as one thing, but it will morph into different areas of life. And I think college sports specifically are ripe for this conversation um, because of the, you look at the, the demographics of players compared to coaches, compared to administrators, and this is... And they're not getting paid. No, and they're not getting paid. I <laughs> Everybody mean, this, else this, is a millionaire. Yes. This yeah. conversation is ripe for this, and, and I was just the start of it. And You're right, but it's it's you, it's happening. It's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. And then compile on the fact that these are on college campuses where young people, where more of these movements are... are the it, uprising is just yes. more likely to happen yep. here than rural Iowa, where my where I'm from. And it's, right? you, know, you know, it's completely. It's like it's more likely to see a protest in downtown Des Moines than you are in Johnson, right? I guess I'm glad for, I mean, I'm so good the, for the players to be empowered to speak up because it's, you know, that's absolutely. the way change happens. But I'm just, it's going to get, these next couple of weeks will be really from afar to watch how this is all going to impact college sports because I think it will have a broad-based impact. And I think the pain players thing is going to come Right back, we we talked about it in this, these quarantine podcasts that it might get buried a little bit while we figure out the financials of college sports. It's going to bubble right back to the forefront here in the next month. Just wait, man. Interesting times. I didn't. Um, I, you know what? I'm I'm done making predictions. I didn't think that life could get any more weird than when we were recording last week. Yeah, and it, it it's just so fast. It just so seems fast. like every day right now. And it is good. Like, I, I was inspired today. Uh, did you watch the NASCAR race today? I know you've kind of been getting into my, my sport. I, did look, I mean, Kevin Harvick had they, that thing on well, uh, lockdown. They, man. But they did a thing at the beginning of the race where, like, I, I saw Black Lives Matter signs at a NASCAR oh, event. Did not see that. Um, I saw, I mean, this is the same I'm just going to say it. This is the same sport that, you know, had Donald Trump leading the way at the was that Daytona this year? 500 this year. Yep. Just a couple. And it, the reason I say that is because our president did some stuff this weekend on his Twitter feed. I'm, I, I don't think you're going to see President Trump using hashtag Black Lives Matter anytime soon. Okay. Just going to leave it at that. This is the same sport where I gone to my entire life where you just see confederate flags there's um it's 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 probably one of the least i i think if you were to ask an african-american uh, you know i don't want to say welcoming but when yeah. when, when, when you well, we'll just turn to, on the movie days of thunder the first thing you see is it literally the first thing you see in the first scene is a confederate flag flying over the daytona 500 they led today's race with you know a black lives matter hmm. movement like it was inspiring to me i was just like i feel like we're really making some ground here as far as this goes i hope it's a case uh, for whatever it is i hope that we all can find some peace um the one thing i don't like and i and and brent and it, it really bugs me about our country that Nowadays, if you speak out against vandalizing a war, he- I I spoke out of uh, saw that a a war hero's statue was vandalized last night. Niall Kinnick. Yeah, and I was it, somebody insinuated that I was a racist because I spoke out against vandalizing a war hero statue, and that that bothers me. Like you, you can be for equality and not want stuff like that vandalized too like it come on can we all just relax and have a conversation here that's bugs me about this country man yeah i mean uh, it's sometimes it's all or are you with us or against us um and that why can't that has i mean candidly that has been difficult for me throughout the last 10 days myself is I mean, I, I have absolutely had more self-reflection of, you know, what, what could I, no what doubt, are my man. thoughts? What are my biases that could be different? Um, and I think that's been powerful from an individual aspect. Um, but also, yeah, it's just tough to see 
you know, the other end is like, well, you get, let me tell you, I'm not, a, I'm not a big, like it's either all this or you're all over here. Like I'm a big, I, I, I like, I like some yeah back and forth. I've told this story on cakes and I don't think I've told it on this pod. You know, I was friends with, um, Stevie Hicks, the former Iowa state running back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was at the he was in school the same time yeah, we were, and he he's passed away, unfortunately. Uh, there was a deal, so we we really were pretty good buddies. Um, I was living with another football player at the time mm-hmm. who was close with Stevie, and like our groups just always hung out. And I, my mom is from South Carolina, born and raised there. We used to go there on, um. We used to go there on just vacations every year. Like, that was just what we knew. And this is in, what, 2004, 5, whatever. Yep. I had a Confederate flag in my room. It's a state flag at the time, you know. It is, it was, I didn't know what it represented to that. Like, I was ignorant, you know. I mean, you South Carolina ties plus Southwest Iowa isn't exactly a... No. Yeah. I mean, last... I was in... Um, I went down to see relatives in Decatur County, which is Leon down yep. there. And, like, literally, like, on our way back, we drove past the Confederate flag that was flying. So, like, it... Yep. I was... Em- it, it's embarrassing now. It's, but I'm just being honest with you. Yep. Like, that, like, where I've grown in 15 years... Stevie and I had this great conversation. He didn't kick my ass. He could have. Yep. Yep. <laughs> he Definitely. explained to me what it meant to him. And that night we took it down together and I threw it away. And I've never thought about having anything like that again because I knew what it meant to my friend. He was my friend, you know? Yep. Like, so I don't know. That's just my personal. Um, that's your moment of. Yeah, it was an eye opening deal. And I. I, I I never would have had that had I known what my friend what it meant to him and his family and his friends, right? To me it meant like, oh, this is where I where my roots are. Um and it was pretty much that. Like don't forget about where you came from, that type of deal. I had no idea what it meant to my friend. And so hopefully, like you said, and like, that stuck with you. Yeah, fifteen years. Yeah, I told that story a couple times. I'm yep. embarrassed of it, yep. but I also think that I don't know. Like, we all have to like open our eyes and open our ears and um, just quit fighting with each other all the time. It, like that, quit yelling. I just listen. You know, that's just kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, I think, and it's tough now. I mean, I mean. I, and, and there's books being written about, and there's blogs, and I and I've read them all because I I try and like we talked about in this podcast. You run, I want to get a be, the best understanding I possibly can. Um, and it's tough because sometimes it's well, if you're listening and you're not speaking out, then you're complicit, is what you hear. Yeah. And I, sometimes I just don't feel like I'm qualified to speak on this, and so I'd rather just sit back and listen. Maybe that's wrong. I mean, I've thought about that. Is that wrong? Should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? Um. But it's. I think it's the least you. The least you can do is reflect. And Chris, I'll say, what I think is important and a great example there is the you know the power though of a place like Iowa State. You know, this is cycle fanatic, but script. I, I think I like about where the you're going demographics here. of Iowa State, and it's a lot of times it's rural for sure. Folks like yourself, mm-hmm. not to put you in a box, but a lot for a lot of people, their experience at Iowa State is their first meaningful interaction a lot of times with a minority or with somebody not from their hometown or, or, or whatnot. And experiences like yours, 15 years later, look, you know, look at what that has meant. Yeah. And I think life changing moment for the state of Iowa, our demographics are what they are. And of course there's, there's, you'd love to have more diversity in Iowa. Um, but I think for our higher education institutions, there's something very meaningful and powerful about that ability to, you know, be around other people, other cultures. And I think that's the power of higher education athletics as well. It's um, another uh, a point, Brent, to, you know, what you kind of see for a living working on campus is just, that's why we need to be on campus. 
Like, you yeah, know, there's this big push for, oh, work from home. Great point. <laughs> Great point. It's not the same thing. Like to me, you know, I could have read a lot of these textbooks and stuff on journalism or political science, you know, what we studied. Yep. But I couldn't have an experience like that if I was sitting in my mom and dad's basement exactly. on the internet. Exactly. And the, the one of the most powerful parts of higher education is not just the textbooks. It's the being around other people and the transformation that could happen. Who are different from you. Just different from you. And Iowa State, it's, it's, it's you know, the, the demographics are changing a little bit. Um, obviously, you're still majority Iowa and majority white. Um, but there's more and more numbers of international students, at least there were until this happened, um, and, and minorities, which I think is really powerful. And the education component as well, I mean, education is really transformational. I think that's what can really get us, as a nation, I'm going to get on the soapbox here, but, but the more educated and knowledgeable you are, I think the more change that can happen and the more open you are to other conversations. Do you agree with me here? I was having this conversation with somebody else today. Um, I think, and I don't know what like statistics would show you, mm-hmm. but I, I think the majority, and that's a loose term, I understand that, but I think the majority of Americans are moderate human beings. Yeah, maybe by I, the, yeah. I don't think they're extreme one way or another. Sure, I would, yeah. But I do think the way things get portrayed in 2020 with social media and even our media in general, the extreme is what gets the clicks and the, you That's, know. Yep. So I think that it, I think that Americans are ripe for, you know, becoming more extreme. But I think at the core, you know, I think they're moderate left or right of center. Yep. No, I think that's fair. Okay. And I, and I, honestly, I it's, it's a, again, progress sometimes is slow. But it's been interesting from, from just watching the, the narrative, right? It has been interesting to me. When Kaepernick came out in, what was that, 15 or 16, to now, it has changed in just four years. Um, maybe <laughs> maybe that maybe four years is too long. You know right? what it, I mean, no, but you know what it but, reminds me of? You tell me if I'm wrong here. Think about when we were in eighth grade. Okay. What, 1998? Yep. Nine, nine, Th- eight, think nine. Think of the year 2000. Yep. 20 years later. Yep. Y2K. Think about... <laughs> Gay marriage in 2000 compared to gay marriage now and how it is viewed. Yeah. Think about when Colin Kaepernick first took a knee and that whole conversation got hijacked. And and now over the weekend, Roger Goodell literally said the words Black Lives Matter, which... Four is, years ago, he was a, a bit, yeah. Four years been. ago, that was a polarizing... Yeah. Now, like, if you're not on board with that... Yeah. Who the hell are you, right? It... So I do think we're making progress. Unfortunately, it's taken hundreds of years to get to this point, but yeah, and it's always you know, all you can do is shoot for yeah, be a better person. I, I I do think it's man, it's just it's a you know it's a huge conversation. But and I gotta be I think honest, it's being, it's being had to an extent as uncomfortable and as um, it's hard to talk about. Yeah, not not necessarily. What's the word I'm looking for? But it's, it. It's not the prettiest conversation. No. Um, and this is not an easy thing for anybody involved with this, but I think it's probably nece- necessary, and I think there is there is some movement here. There's some growth. Yeah, and I, d- I don't think it's going to slow down either. I hope it doesn't. Um, I think that it is a – I think we're in a real transitional period for our country. I think that November is going to be really interesting um, one way or another. I think that I can make a point that if Donald Trump is reelected as the president, you're going to see a major uprising. I think that if Joe Biden wins the presidency, you're going to see an uprising. I I do feel like, and I, and I don't mean this in a violent sense, I feel like we have a bit of a cultural civil war going on right now. Sure. And folks, let me tell you this. Um, I have uh, people in my immediate family I'll I'll just say it. My dad and my sister are staunch Donald Trump (laughs) supporters. My mom and I are not. And I'm just being honest with you. I don't care. So I I don't want people to be like, oh, Williams is being hyperbolic about politics on the Cyclone Fanatic podcast. I'm not. Some of my best friends and my 
In fact, if you put all my blood relatives, the majority of them are big Trump people, right? Yep. So, like, I, I hear and see both sides all the time. I do think we are in on the precipice of a cultural civil war in our country. Now, God, I don't want it to be... And that's why I've been speaking out as much as I can against violence and... Right, you don't want it to be like I, I, the... I don't want it to be anything war. like that, but I do think the next... Six months in our country are going. I I say this because we started this podcast because we were so um, lost. Yeah, with without sports, and we're like, we're just going to start doing this on on Saturday or Sunday nights. I don't true. think that these conversations are going to stop anytime soon. Is what I'm trying to say. I agree with that. I agree with that. And it's you know we don't. We're just a couple guys. We're in hacks. Iowa. I mean, we are. We are hacks. We don't know. Um, we know really good bourbon. We, yeah, and thank goodness for that over yeah. the last Thank goodness months. for the Ozark Distillery tonight. But it's just, <laughs> this year has been, I mean, just in fast forward. It's I mean, hard it's, to talk it's about. It's really, it's hard to get your mind around it. And I, I mean, I, at one point last week, I was like, I'm just overwhelmed. I mean, I, I just, I don't know what to think. I don't know what, I don't know what to feel. I don't know how to act. And I, um, you almost want it to slow down just to kind of wrap your mind around it, but it, it's going to keep going. Chris and I agree. I think um, the next six months are going to get really. I wish the election wild. wasn't this year. Yeah, but it, it's, I think it's going to make things more polarized. It has. It's it's all involved in that. Um, so I don't. I it's just we'll see. And it, it's almost like the but the, we started this podcast to talk about uh, COVID nineteen, and it's almost like that's taken. But it's still What's there. COVID nineteen. But it's still there's it's still there, and, and we'll see. You know, we'll see what these next couple of months are like. But I don't, I don't know, man. It's just a. Uh, this has been the most uncertain time, of of our of we're thirty five years old of of our lives. I think oh, that's yeah. safe to say that. And can I? I think this is a good way to put a cap on this thing too tonight. This is hard to do a podcast and radio shows about. Yeah, you, and you're looking at it from your point, but it is. Like you well, it's what hard I'm, to have that. What I'm what I'm saying is, <laughs> like we're 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 trying to be authentic and be real, but I in the in the last like ten days, I've had people call me like a a radical liberal, sure, which is actually an oxymoron. I think aren't radicals to the right? Like radicals can be in okay. either direction. Okay, well I've been called that. Yeah. And then people have insinuated that I'm racist because I don't want the destruction of public property and people's businesses. Yeah. Like it's, it's just what I'm saying is it's, it's difficult to talk about because you're constantly walking on eggshells. If you phrase something wrong or I don't know. Yeah. You you know what I mean? I do. Cause I'm in the same boat. I'm, I, there's probably a right way to go about it. I still haven't figured out what that is. And we're hacks. Um, but you know where so our just, hearts I, are. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I just, I well, hope, I hope people listening to realize that we're, we come from our backgrounds. Okay, that's first and foremost. We can't understand everything, but I, I think, trying to do the best that I can to listen. Man, and, I didn't and, know. I don't know what my friend Stevie had grown up. Yeah, for, and you I, know, you know I, what, I didn't. And I, and I grew up in suburban Des Moines. Um, my elementary school had one minority. My high school had four. Like. When I got to Iowa State, it was my my next door in Larch um, was a black guy from the Chicago area. And I was like that. We became friends. And that was, again, not not that I'm everybody's story. No, but everybody's got stories. Yeah, I mean, it's just, that's the, again, I come back to, I think the experience at Iowa State is, is, First guy kind of molded that direction. First guy I met at Iowa State, um, he lived across the hall from me, was Neil. Black guy from Des Moines North. And we became buddies, and we're still buddies to this day. We're Facebook friends, and we follow each other's families. And Great thing for a kid from southwest Iowa to have, like when you walk into right. Friley Hall and, and you meet Neil. It was a good deal for me. And all we will never know our dorm roommates struggle. Nope. 
but I'm glad we had that interaction. Yeah. Because I think if you get siloed in your own world, you don't realize what's going on. I don't think we have this progress, but um, I don't think we can solve everything in this podcast. But I think what you can do is just, you know, Shut other, up and listen. I mean, yeah, I mean, but I think that's the problem, Chris. Is like you say that, but then you get pushback of, well, that's not good enough, and maybe it's not. But that's that's what I'm, that's what I'm, I'm candidly. But I could being say bro- that, that's like, what I'm struggling with right now is what what should you be doing? But what? I I could say that like the Drew Brees thing. Shut up and listen, man. Like listen to your teammates. Listen to like yeah, because the cap thing happened like four years ago, and you still don't understand. What the movement about? Listen to the guys you know, not polarizing talk radio and cable TV that'll hijack. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, and watch though, because that what I just said will piss somebody off. But it's okay. Like I'm just being honest. That's what the the quarantine podcast has been. It's been and and, you know this like everything we say. This year, I, I always like to frame things in a you know, broader base. This year will will be one of those most impactful years, you know, we've had for sure. And no I think doubt. in human history, I mean, there's just a lot. I mean, you, yeah. you talk about. Think of the 10 part documentary you could do on the year 2020. In just the last three months. You so, could do an entire episode on like just the sports, like the getting shut down yep. in March. And and we, we were going to talk about the NBA and Major League Baseball, oh, yeah. but I think uh, you remember I took when, a back seat. Remember when we thought Hoiberg had the Rona? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> we're like, oh, man, Niang's getting quarantined. But it, Hoiberg's that, like, Hoiberg's passing out on the bench right now. When we do the Jeez. ESPN 30 for 30 on the year 2020, that night's the opening scene. Do you, <laughs> do you want to know what's something Rudy, funny? Rudy Gobert it, grabbing the microphone. I mean, what are we doing? A super small portion of our audience is going to understand this. Um, you will. The last bar I've been to. Okay. The Green Lady Lounge <laughs> in Kansas City following. Beautiful. And then after that night, everything got shut down yeah. due to the Rona. That was the last night out. I, the so Green I didn't, Lady Lounge, Google it, everybody. It's fantastic. I didn't go. I did not go to that Wednesday night game, but I was going to come down for the women's oh, on yeah. Friday. I remember that, yeah. And, man, that's, that's only, that is literally, Chris, three months ago. Think about how much has changed in three months. Jeez. So, but, I, man, I'm, I'm glad we can have these conversations. We come from similar backgrounds. Um, we obviously don't have the answers to everything, but I think it's helpful to for friends and colleagues and family just to talk about it. I think so, that's a way to advance this thing. So I, I have lined this up, and I'm really excited to do this. I'm going to do it in the next week or so. Um, Corey Morrissey, the former Cyclone uh, defensive end, yep. is now a police officer in Ames. And the um, I, I, I've, be, I've developed a friendship with Oni Amoyle, sure. former uh, offensive lineman. And he played in the NFL for a while. For the Raiders, yep. Yep. And we are going to do a kind of a cyclone town hall on this. And I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, You know, a white police officer, an African-American, former teammates who love each other, where they can talk about this. And I'm not going to talk. I'm just going to be in the middle and keep the conversation going. And I mean, I think if you're an Iowa State fan, you have to realize this, right? Like... A majority of, I don't know if it's a majority, I mean, but majority of players on your football team, basketball team, come from out of state and um, are black. Yeah. I mean, I think we all can use that, you know, where are they coming from here? And Oni came from Texas, I believe. I think Humble, Houston area. Um, and then Corey's an Iowa guy. I mean, that... Those conversations are what are important, and I, I look forward to listening to that. Good stuff, man. Thank you. This isn't the um, – well, here's the good news. Summer Series is starting soon. You and I need to do that this week, the Suk Up Summer Series. We need to select the five topics. Perfect. We will be doing that, and we'll be – I kind of thought maybe we could sprinkle those in on the Sunday nights. 
We'll I like see. It. We'll just see what we decided to do. And I think, Chris, just the last thing, I appreciate just the conversation. I mean... I do, too. I mean, I, I don't, that's all... I think all of us can do at this point. Um, and then act as you want to, but... Um, yeah, it's not it's not comfortable, but I think it's something that needs to happen. Um, I couldn't agree more, and I hope that maybe something we said tonight can trigger with some with with one of you guys listening, and we can contribute to it. We don't want to. I I'm not here to be polarizing. Same. I refuse to do that on this topic. And uh, with that, we will sign off right at one hour tonight on the podcast. I want to give another um, shout out to. Our sponsors tonight, the patrons, the Cyclone Fanatic Patreons members, and the premium members. And tonight we give a shout-out to Johnny and Kayla Choate. Johnny and Kayla, thank you so much for everything you do out of West Des Moines, Iowa. He's Brent Bloom. My name is Chris Williams. We'll be back next Sunday night for you guys here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network.